All right, here we go, everyone. It is time for A Healthy Obsession, the podcast covering soccer culture from around the world. My name's Adam Thurwell, and as always, the show is brought to you by the one and only Small Goal Soccer. Today, I had the absolute pleasure of welcoming Caitlin Shrepford to the show. Caitlin is the number one female freestyler in the United States of America. She's number two in the world currently. If you don't know what freestyling is, we're going to be talking about that on today's show. Really interesting scene that the freestyle world has got going on we're going to be talking about the soccer scene in los angeles as well and caitlin's own journey in the world of football it's all going down let's get into the show and thank you for listening as always cheers like how did you start getting into football was there like a point when you were younger when you got into football Yeah, so growing up, I had an older brother, and my dad was his coach in football, though he was never very serious about it. So naturally, the minute I could walk, my dad was coaching me as well. And he was always a hardcore football fanatic. So from about four years old up until college, I was playing very competitively. Uh, Actually, just prior to starting football freestyle, I had intended to go pro with football. I was a goalkeeper. Mm. It was my lifelong goal since, like, I don't know since I was like six, seven years old. So it's it's been a bit of a journey, and I mean, I may not be a professional footballer, but I mean, I'm pretty close. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, and you're, you're a professional freestyler, which is uh, it's super cool, anyway. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so did did you grow up in LA? I know you're based in California now. Did you grow up in California? Oh yeah, I was born in the Valley, which is always kind of a running joke with the way that I talk sometimes. <laughs> up in the Valley, and then or born in the Valley and then grew up in Orange County. And I'm basically in LA all the time. So I say I live there. Yeah, no, definitely. And what, what's the, the soccer scene like in LA, just as far as not, not just freestyling, but just that large? It's fantastic. Honestly, it took me a little bit of a while to find the competitive soccer scene after I quit playing for college. Mm. You know, there's a lot of different pickup places, but most people tend to like to take it easy. And that was never really who I was, even after... I was finished playing competitively and I found a group at a, at a soccer facility called urban futsal, Mm. a super competitive scene and just a great football culture. It's fantastic. So I'm there constantly freestyling, playing all of it. And just like on the professional level, you've got the two teams now there as well. Have you checked out any of the games for LAFC? Cause they've kind of made some waves with like their own supporter culture and stuff like that. Of course, of course. It's I have an interesting history with both teams because when I started freestyle, I was with the LA Galaxy. I was doing their halftime for about two years and then mm-hmm. actually started working with LAFC before they even launched. I did their, um, their logo launch, their crest launch, and then I worked with them from the ground up. So naturally, I've been to as many of the games as I can make happen. Are you allowed to say which one you support or is that, is that too much of a conflict of interest? <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit, I am an LAFC fan. All right. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that's definitely going to cause some waves, I'm sure, on the scene. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so just for anyone that doesn't know, give us a little intro into freestyling and just kind of a background of what freestyling is. I like to consider freestyle for all the football fans out there. I like to consider it the artistic side of football is where it starts and then it branches off into an entirely different direction. Realistically, the only common characteristic is the juggling with the soccer ball. Beyond that, they're completely different sports. Freestyle is just a physical expression of who we are. 
And it can take so many different routes. It can take a very hardcore athletic route, which a lot of people do. It can take a very artistic, creative route, pulling from like b-boy and dance. And I pull from gymnastics a lot and mm. it has so many different avenues that it can pursue. So I, that's one of the things I love about it. No, definitely. And what, what was your introduction to it? How did you stumble across it? I found myself injured, I believe my second year of high school. And as a goalkeeper, I was the stereotypical couldn't juggle to save my life kind of mm. person. Um, but for four months, I had a strained hip flexor and all I could do was juggle. I couldn't run. I couldn't like really dribble at all. And I went to the Soccer Nation Expo that they used to have here in LA. And I saw a team of freestylers the very first time and just the minute I saw it I was hooked it was just such a visually captivating sport you always want to watch and see what they do next what mind-blowing tricks and things are they going to do and it just it seems impossible and I had to do it yeah no definitely it's definitely eye-catching I mean when I've seen it done I think I saw you do were you doing the Red Bull events was that a couple of years ago I was. That was why I met Chris. Yeah. So that's the first time I, I, I saw you. And I, I'd never, you know, I'd seen it in Europe when I traveled. Like there was just people doing like street tricks and it was always really cool to watch. But it seems like it's uh, such a cool art form that it's so eye catching that if you've never seen anyone doing it before, you're just like, wow, holy crap. That's, <laughs> it's amazing to look at from a distance, especially if you can't do any of the stuff that the person's doing. <laughs> Exactly. And you know, if you saw it anywhere but live, you would think it's fake. Yeah, no, no doubt. So what's the growth been like since you've been involved? How, how has the scene kind of evolved and uh, what's the growth been like? It's been a bit mind-blowing, to be honest. When I started, so that was about six and a half years ago, it was still, I would still consider it an underground sport. It was honestly, definitely, but I mean, the world championships, the first year I went, had about 350 people. And I was one of maybe three girls to freestyle competitively in the U.S. and one of a handful worldwide. And now here we are six years later and it's absolutely exploded. I think the numbers, male and female in the U.S. have at least doubled. The number of girls certainly has. And it's just been incredible as far as like numbers and then definitely skill level. The skill level has jumped up so far. It's just mind boggling. And that's really interesting, like the the crossover where you said there wasn't much female representation initially when you started. What what do you think has um, brought like more females to be involved in doing freestyle? I think there there are a lot of different variables to take into account, but one of the ones I would definitely say is just the increase of female exposure in freestyle from the point that I joined up until now. Because before I joined, there was a few girls, but they didn't really put themselves out there on social media a whole lot. You didn't really see them. Mm. And from when I started, there was a core group of us, I think it was about three or four that all joined about the same time. And we just kind of pushed the scene and really pushed the skill level, we pushed the exposure. And from there on, it just exploded because there was me here in the States, there was Liv in the UK. And then at the same time, there's a girl named Yasmin in Netherlands. So we had that whole area kind of covered and we just really grew the interest in the sport and the exposure and showed all these young girls that, you know, it's not just a male sport, it's a female sport as well. And we can all do it. Have you found yourself almost, uh, whether it like purposely or accidentally landed in like an ambassadorial role for, for females in freestyling? I would say I have. And that's always been a funny thing to me because going into this, I didn't really know. I mean, as I said, I want to be a professional footballer. So I didn't have like a goal going into freestyle. And I just kind of, as you said, fell into that role of 
sort of a female ambassador for the sport. And along the way, I've just discovered that I, I love it. One of the projects that I do yearly is going out to Jamaica and growing the football scene and the awareness of the benefits of football in Kingston. But one of the biggest impacts I've seen is the growth of female sports over there. And it's just been incredible to watch and see the impact. So in the States, it, there's always been, just in, in soccer in general, there's always been a high amount of female participation from youth level, right? So do you see that not just in freestyle, but in soccer globally, you travel a lot, you're doing a lot of uh, different projects. Do you see female participation almost having a little bit of a renaissance at the moment after the, uh, the Women's World Cup a couple of years ago? I love the word renaissance. I think that's the perfect way to describe it, to be honest. Um, mm. And yes, yes, I would definitely say that. When I started, I mean, I've always seen a lot of female participation in football specifically here in California. It's very popular. Mm. But worldwide, I was always a little bit shocked to see how many less girls there were worldwide, considering it's 2019, 2020, when I was traveling. And, you know, it's modern day. You expect girls and guys to kind of have an equal ratio. And it was always a little bit mind-boggling that it, that wasn't the case. And so now after the success of the Women's World Cup and all of the commercials promoting women in sports and all of the females that are in freestyle, the growth has just been exponential. And it's, it's incredible because of that trend. No, 100%. When I, when I was growing up, even in England, which is a football crazy country, there was not a ton of female participation. Like it was, it was lacking substantially. So it's really nice to see the uh, the league now, and and they're representing all the clubs are representing with the women's team, but also the national team did pretty well at the last World Cup. So it's nice to see that things are moving along, and it's not just a you know male dominated sport so much. It is. I I definitely think there is a well of like talent that's in the female scene that just hasn't been exploited yet. And we definitely, the more we dig into it, the more we'll find there. And I think we'll find some real gems. And from what, not like, not just what you're doing in freestyle, but do you see there being more commercial possibilities? We're seeing, I think Netflix announced next, uh, yesterday, I think it was that they're going to do a, a, a movie on the women's world cup team, the U S women's world cup team from 99. So mm -hmm. do you see from your side, but also just, uh, a large, more commercial interest in the women's side of the game as this renaissance is, is moving, we're moving through this renaissance. I absolutely do. At the same time, I do think there is some pushback from people who are still very stubborn and very stuck in the whole, you know, female sports aren't as athletic, they aren't as interesting, but I think mm. there's an overwhelming call for more exposure, more interest in this sport. And I think it will continue like this. I think the more that we see it, will understand that there's so much more to be explored in the female side of soccer, football, any athletics. And it's not just females playing the same game. It's a completely different game. So, and you mentioned that like the, the freestyle scene in general, you, would you not consider it underground anymore? Do you think it's, I think mainstream is probably the wrong term, but do you think it's grown so much now that it's uh, a little bit more, um, commercially viable where it's sort of amongst everyone's like it's on everyone's radar now or do you still see it as kind of a subculture underground type of thing i think we still have the mindset of an underground culture of underground sport but i do think social media has contributed a lot to it i think it's really exploded outside of that realm to viably be called underground now because you know you have 
like Red Bull hosting our world championships. You have it so almost mainstream in places like the UK and Europe where you know, if you ask 90% of people, most of them would probably say they know what it is. Mm. I wouldn't call it mainstream, but there's been talks of, or questions of, is it a possibly Olympic sport? And I think that that has become a question makes it no longer underground. Yeah, no doubt. So what, what's that, that community like? Has it changed? Is there, is there like separation within the community where you've got people that like to, cause I remember I'm a hip hop fan. So I remember kind of seeing this in, uh, you, you said it earlier, like the B-boy scene or DJs where even hip hop artists would be blowing up and they'd be called like, sellouts and you know like there's an underground scene and then there's a, a commercial scene so is there a fraction in the community or is it pretty tight-knit still unfortunately i would love to say it's still tight-knit and i think the majority of them are but you you pretty much hit the nail on the head with all of the commercial success that people are enjoying and especially when it's concentrated in a few people mm. they get the the lash the lashback or the um the fallout from that. I mean, you do get the the sellouts, and some of them are. Some of them do it purely for the commercial success. But there are also quite a few who enjoy the commercial set success while also being widely successful freestylers competitively as well. And I think there needs to be more of us who enjoy the commercial success, but also support the scene as we enjoy that success to really pull the whole community along with us. Because I think. The biggest problem with us is like the minute people start making the money and they start getting the commercial fame, they kind of leave the scene behind. And that's where a lot of the uh, tension comes from. Yeah, it's it's such a dilemma, right? Because you've got to eat, you've got to pay your bills, but you also you want to stay true to the roots and, and make sure you just said a great term there. Like you want to bring everyone else along with you, but you can't do that at the sacrifice of your own progress. Exactly, exactly. And it is a shame because the more commercial freestyle becomes, the less of the underground culture the underground vibe that we kind of have in the really like actual close-knit community so it is a shame to see that kind of fading away yeah no doubt so what's the the part of social media you mentioned earlier has played in your own growth and, and just kind of overall brand if you will uh social media has really gone hand in hand with what i've done it was kind of something i just fell into a friend of mine and a mentor when i started freestyle recommended that i started posting and all i did was just kind of chronicle my journey through freestyle on there. It wasn't really meant to gain any attention or things like that. It was more like a training diary for myself and interest that people got from it and how it was able to impact people without being even intentional in any way was just an interesting thing to me. So it's grown to be a pretty big part of my life. I love the process of creating the content and the creative challenge that that produces. Mm. But I mean, at, at the at my heart, I'm still a competitive freestyler. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, the, the two go hand in hand because it's so aesthetically pleasing that it's like it's it's almost made for social media, right? Because it's, it's <laughs> easy viewing, good good video, good pictures. So. Absolutely, yeah. So, so was there like a you've done some really cool stuff? So was there a, a point where it was? like a little bit of a oh shit moment for you? Like when I know you did the Adidas commercial, right? And was there like a moment where it was like, wow, this is, this is real. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think that, that Adidas commercial would kind of be that moment for me. I mean, I've had a couple moments here and there over the years, but that was the first time where I saw my face on the TV everywhere that I went for 
a very long time and it was just absolutely bizarre. That was the same year, the year that that launched, I had gone to Paris, two cities in Spain, Prague, and then Hong Kong, all within about a month and a half of each other. Mm. And every city that I went to, I saw my face on posters, on TVs, on ads, and it was just the most bizarre thing. Because <laughs> that, that was never what I started out to do. That was never who I saw myself being. Yeah. This joke, like, don't forget me when you're famous. And it's just weird to see that kind of thing. <laughs> oh, that's so, that's so cool though. Does it, uh, like when, when you go and do the events, but even like the Adidas commercial, the list of players that were in that commercial with you, do you, do you get nervous at all? I wouldn't say I get nervous. Um, that, during that period of time, I was so focused on my competitive freestyle that I wasn't really paying too much attention to the soccer. And mm. I actually, I have to admit, I only knew about half the names that were on there. Like this, mm sacrilege to say but I didn't actually know who Mohammed Salah was uh, <laughs> uh, my friend was the one who told me about it afterwards but uh, more than anything I would just say it excited me and I pull a lot of my um, from my personal emotions and the emotions of those around me so rather than making me nervous it just really hyped me up and allowed me to give a much better performance yeah, no, that's like I think about that, like just as a, a bit of a fanboy football like <laughs> supporter. And that, like I, I saw some of the people in that commercial, and I thought, are you walking that room and you've got to focus on doing like the stuff that you do? That would be very hard. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, there was a moment, I think I was one of our scenes was I was dribbling around Mosala and I beat him, and then I shoot and I score on De Gea. Mm. I know it was choreographed. Um, every part of me knows that, but you can't deny the satisfaction of saying, oh yeah, I, I beat Mosala, I scored on the hand. Casual. Uh, that, that is so cool. And that's like a, a story for the ages. That is amazing. <laughs> yeah. so, so from there, like you mentioned all the, the different places that you've been taken by doing uh, <laughs> freestyling. What, what's like the standout place for you location-wise? Oh, that's hard. That's hard. I would have to say t there's two places, um, Jamaica and mm. Tokyo, completely different places, but just such culturally rich cities, such interesting people and cultures. I would go there time and time again and never get sick of it. How, how does the U.S. stack up? Because J Japan have got this like very cool soccer culture. Their the scene is from freestyle into uh, just soccer, futsal in general is amazing in, in Tokyo and Japan. So how does the U.S. stack up in the freestyle world against some of these other countries? Ooh, if you'd asked me that a few years ago, I would say we were very much new to the scene comparatively. Um, now we have a few heavyweights in the U.S. scene have quite a few people who are getting their name out there. So I'd say we're doing pretty well. Um, male to female side is a little bit different. For the female side, I'm kind of the main competitor. So we would, we'd be in the tier of like the top three. Um, males, I think we're, we're getting up there. We have a, a kid, Pat off East Coast, who's just standout kid, phenom. And he's 15, 16. So he's what, you, what was his name? Guy. Sorry. Pat Shaw, Patrick Shaw. Pat Shaw, all right. Yeah, definitely, definitely worth checking out. He was in the top 16 for our last championships. And with the years he has ahead of him, that kid's going to be a star. Mm. And that's, that's really cool. And it's, it's cool that the U.S. is caught up and is represented well on the, the scene now. Oh, yeah, I love it. It's satisfying because, you know, everyone else in the world talks about, 
our football culture being so subpar to the rest of the world. And, you know, even freestyle was much newer here. So now we have, we have a few heavyweights to really put our name out there. People can't say it anymore. It's great. Definitely. And, and it's like you said, it's good to see at large, not like just in freestyle, but it's, it's still so new here. Like most other countries in the world have got like this rich, hundred plus year history with football culture right and supporters groups and all the rest of it what i actually like here is that it is newer and it's a bit of a blank canvas so people like yourself and people that are involved on the scene can uh, dictate what happens here and create football culture from nothing which is really cool exactly it's amazing and i think the the recent years the recent few teams that joined in starting from of course lafc and the new teams after really rejuvenated the soccer culture and really restarted that conversation and it's just made it so much more of an interesting scene to be in it's, it's fascinating right like you mentioned you're working with the galaxy earlier and just the stark contrast between when i moved here it was still like and there's nothing wrong with this like it was just a very uh, americanized way of presenting sports like the nfl or mlb and soccer culture is so different where as you go to a game now whether it's lafc or the timbers or like Atlanta are doing a really good job of it. Like people want that instead of it just being like sort of generic, like sit down and clap. And it was, it was so described to me the other day from someone in Europe that's been over here to games as like very polite. It's like a polite supporter culture. And, and, that, and that's not a bad thing, I guess, but it's just changing a lot, right? That's so true. That's so true. That's a hilarious way of describing it. Um, yeah. That was, I think one of my first experiences with like, an outrageous soccer culture, football culture, was um, a game in England and then a game in Scotland. And I'm sure you can imagine what those games were like and what the energy was like for a small town girl from California. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who did you go watch? Did you go watch Celtic? Yeah, we watched Celtic in Scotland. I went with my college team. And then we watched Blackburn and Everton in, I think we're at Everton Stadium. Oh, that, that, and that's a great stadium too. So a lot of the new stadiums in England are like, more modern and they're really nice but like the old school like european stadiums where the like the stadiums on top of the field almost is amazing Mm -hmm. oh yeah it was it was an incredible experience and that's one of those things that i think happened about six years ago now and it's still fresh in my memory so and now with the the growth of freestyle, what what do you see as kind of the next wave of this? You said it's blown up over the last couple of years, but the, these youngsters are jumping in 15, 16. What do you see as like the next few years of, of the movement for freestyling? I think now that it's becoming more of a common conversation topic here in the States and worldwide, I think the commercial growth of it will just explode. I think advertisers and marketers are really understanding how to use freestyle to its fullest potential and understanding that you can't consider it the same as dance. It comes from a similar genre, but you can't consider it the same. It has its own unique flavor and interest group. Um, So I think the commercial side is just absolutely going to explode from there. Um, And hopefully this, this is my hope. I'm hoping the, uh, the influence of freestyle will really expand more. So it won't be so like one or two dimensional, like, hardcore freestylers and creative, but I'm hoping those groups will crisscross and create a whole new genre within the sport and really, really create a new intrigue. Mm, that's interesting. And what, what, what's like the next, if I wanted to check out like the next event, what are some of the bigger events coming up, competitions or just, just events in general? Uh, the main events for the scene, the, the Super Bowl Open World Championships, which take place in Prague in August, uh, mm. Red Bull hosts an invitational 
World Championships in November. And then the national championships for each country are always fantastic to see. USA's happen in July. Um, I don't know when the rest of the world does theirs, but those would kind of be the main three. When's the, sorry, where is the one in the US? Uh, normally that one's in New York or at least East Coast. All right, cool. And like, as far as someone like looking to get involved, if they wanted to start doing this, what, what are some like pointers coming from a pro like yourself? Like who, how would you tell someone to start getting involved in doing this? I would say the biggest part is work on your bases, really perfect your juggling skills, and then pay attention to the basic tricks. You're around the worlds, crossovers, hop the worlds, because so many people try to skip those steps. And then two, three years down the line, they realize how much they missed out on. And so you backtrack. But I think the basics are so important, just like the control. And I'm working with a few of my friends on that. So it's been a very interesting journey. Um, yeah, I'm sure you get asked all the time to uh, get, get shown some, show people how to do tricks, yeah? Oh, yeah. And it's, it's amazing to see. And it's so gratifying because everyone, they start that sentence off with, I don't think I can do it, but can you teach me? Yeah. <laughs> I always go back and I clarify. I'm like, everybody can do this. It just looks easy for us because we've been doing it for so long, but everybody can learn to freestyle if you try. Yeah, Chris has tried showing me a couple of things at the park when I've seen him just like playing differently. It's, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you always have this moment of, I don't think my body's supposed to move like this. <laughs> yeah, I guess like two, two weeks of like stretching and yoga class to prepare to do some of the stuff that you do. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice. So uh, is there any, like just from the pro side, is there any players that you see uh, have been like inspirational to you uh, as far as freestyling goes? Like, is there any standout players from uh, like the Premier League or past and present players that have influenced you? In my freestyle career, you know, always have to give a shout out to Ronaldinho. He's mm. just the father of freestyle and still inspirational with so many of us nowadays. Yeah, no, no doubt. And it was you, you could see him doing just like, that's how he played soccer in a real uh, setting was his freestyle and is unbelievable. Yeah, of course, of course. And that's a real control and mastery of the ball and just a fantastic attitude to boot. Yeah, no, definitely. So if anyone else is looking to kind of follow along with what you're doing and your journey, like you mentioned you're big on social media, where can people follow your story and your journey? I would say my primary platform would be Instagram at C-A-I-T Freestyle. Um, I also post on YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok all under the same name as well. Amazing. Uh, listen, I appreciate you coming on. It's been great to hear your story, and hopefully we get to catch up with you again soon. Um, you, you keep representing the U.S. well. Thanks, Adam. Really appreciate it. No doubt. I'll speak to you soon, Kaylin. Thanks. Take care. Later. All right, that is it, everybody. It is the end of today's show. It is full time. I want to thank Caitlin for being on the show today and also everyone for tuning in and checking us out. We'll be back on Tuesday where myself and Mr. Thomas Hurdle will be presenting the AHO Weekly Show. Until then, be safe, be well. Check us out on social media at healthy underscore obsession and we will see you all again soon. Cheers.